0: It's Monday, and you're with Bob McAvoy, right here on the Semper Reformata podcast.
1: Good morning, it's 8 o'clock on Monday morning, the 4th of July, 2022, American Independence Day. And this is Bob McAvoy with the weekly look at what's happening and with an American focus and a little bit of perspective from a Christian standpoint. Now please remember that all the items discussed in this podcast are already in the public realm and usually the references for them are found in the mainstream media. Now this episode is going to be a little bit different. We've only got one topic, a decision made in an American court. But I thought it would be right to dwell on this. It is such a significant event and an event that we pray will influence the course of history all over the world. I'm talking, of course, about Roe v. Wade, that monstrous decision made by the Supreme Court of the USA back in 1973. It has been struck down in a sitting of that court on Friday, the 24th of June, 2022. We're reminded of Proverbs 24 and verse 11 to 12. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it, and will he not repay man according to his work? Well, the original decision of the court back in 1973 had made abortion a legal right in all 50 states of the United States of America. And that decision relied on a liberal interpretation of the US Constitution. The issue then was essentially whether the US Constitution was to be interpreted literally as written, or can it be subjectively interpreted, not literally, but rather speculating on what the Founding Fathers would have thought about modern-day legal issues. So there is no legal right to abortion in the US Constitution. But... The question was then asked, could another constitutional right be extended to imply a right to murder an unborn baby? A woman, now known to be Norma McCorvey, then referred to simply as Jane Rowe, aged 21 and pregnant for the third time, had wanted an abortion. In Texas, where she lived, abortion was restricted to cases where the mother's health was at risk. She was the perfect front person for a pro-abortion legal case. Her lawyers, who were pro-abortion advocates, argued at the Texas District Court that the law in Texas violated a woman's right to privacy. That court agreed, but yet it declined to strike down the state's abortion laws. So the case went to the Supreme Court, and there the lawyers argued that abortion was a constitutional issue, demonstrating the constitutional right of all Americans to determine the path of their own lives. Jane Roe remained anonymous right throughout the hearings, and the Supreme Court, with only seven judges sitting at that time, found in her favour in a 4-3 decision, and abortion was declared a legal, constitutional right in all 50 states. That decision changed attitudes to abortion right across the world, as well as in the USA. The mantra that was used at that time by the politicians and the abortion advocates was that abortion would be rare, safe and legal. Well, of course, as we now know, it was nothing of the kind. In the USA alone, 63.5 million preborn children have been murdered in the womb since Roe. That's not rare. Not by any definition of the word. And it's not safe either. How can it be? When the objective, when the end result is the death of a human being and in the case of a second trimester abortion, a horrendous, gruesome death of the worst possible kind. Neither is it safe for the mother, either medically or mentally. Exodus 21 and verse 22 to 25 When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman, so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall impose on him and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. It's almost as if that passage is describing late-term abortion. In a shocking revelation to the US Congress in 2015, a gynecologist, Dr Anthony Levitino of New Mexico, who had performed hundreds of abortions in the 1980s, described the process by which a second trimester pregnancy is terminated. I'm going to play Dr Levitino's testimony for you, and this next section is extremely harrowing. If you have small children, please skip forward about two minutes. Here's Dr. Levitino.
0: Dr. Levitino, we'll begin with you. Welcome. Thank you, Chairman and members of the committee. Um, I only have five minutes, so I'm going to get right to it. Second trimester D&E abortions perform between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. And she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks. But She's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant or less, basically the width of your hand or smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called a sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument, and when it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion, so picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, and pull out an arm about the same length which you put down on the table next to you. And use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head on the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you've pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times. Sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester d abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose.
1: It makes for harrowing listening. Now it appears that after Roe v. Wade, abortion is not only frequent and unsafe, but it appears now that it was not even legal. That decision of the 24th of June 2022 was momentous in that Justice Alito, writing the majority opinion of the court, wrote and I quote Roe was egregiously wrong from the start Its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision has had damaging consequences And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue Roe and Casey, a separate case that came later Rowan Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It is time to hate the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. That phrase "Heat the Constitution" is highly significant. It heralds a return to a more literal application of the US Constitution, and it will have massive ramifications. The court is not the assembly of the people, and laws should be made in a nation's parliament, not by judicial reviews. A court's job is to apply the laws, not to make the law. So just how profound could this decision be? The right to same-sex marriage in the United States was not established by Congress, the Electorate Assembly, but by the Supreme Court in the so-called Obergefell decision. So Justice Alito wrote, finally, our decision calls into question Griswold, Eisenstahl, Lawrence and Obergefell. If same-sex marriage is the next manufactured right to fall in the USA, that may, like the Supreme Court's decision on June the 24th, have worldwide consequences. Now, let's be honest, the overturn of Roe v. Wade won't stop abortion in the USA or anywhere else. It simply declares that legislation on this issue is for the people to decide through their elected representatives and in the USA, that's the US Congress and the state legislatures. Some states have already begun to remove the right to abortion from their statute books. Others have not. In response, some commercial companies like Disney, for example, have offered to pay the travelling expenses of employees who want to travel to another state to have abortion procedures. But abortion clinics will close, and that must be a good thing. Perhaps the safest place for an unborn baby in the whole Western world at present is the state of Alabama or Florida. Internationally, abortion activists will be looking to this decision with great unease. The website publicdiscourse.com explained that the ongoing strategy of abortion rights groups has been a legal one. I quote, The strategy of abortion rights groups is to capture UN agencies and the UN human rights machinery to get them to recommend the legislation of abortion internationally and thereby allow abortion lobbyists to claim in national courts that a customary international human right to abortion has emerged countries then will be expected to legalise abortion and claim they were bound to do so by international law. And that strategy now lies in pieces. Of course, the Liberal backlash to the Supreme Court's decision was expected. Liberals are anything but liberal, anything but tolerant. In the days leading up to the decision, there had been a leak. And the Court's final decision had been predicted – And the reprisals had started even then. Death threats had been issued against the more conservative judges. After the decision, riots and protests occurred not only in America but all over the world. Some protesters started burning American flags. The liberal paper, the New York Times typically, reported outside the Supreme Court, a divided crowd that had begun gathering early in the day had swelled to thousands of mostly outraged abortion rights demonstrators by evening, clashing with small groups of joyful anti-abortion activists who blew bubbles and celebrated the end of the federal guarantee of access to a safe and legal means of ending a pregnancy. Well, observe the loaded language in that last statement. In one truly disgusting social media post, women were seen protesting outside the court with red dye, depicting blood oozing between their legs, holding between their legs naked baby dolls pretending that they had been aborted politicians joined in too with President Macron of France tweeting abortion is a fundamental right for all women it must be protected. This despite the fact that France bans elective abortion at 12 weeks three weeks earlier than a Mississippi law that the US Supreme Court had upheld earlier and that France's abortion restrictions would not even be allowed under Roe v Wade. In Canada Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called the decision a devastating setback for women. He commented, The judgment coming out of the United States is an attack on women's freedom, and quite frankly, it's an attack on everyone's freedoms and rights. Here in the United Kingdom, the Metro newspaper reported, The Prime Minister has described today's landmark ruling in the US ending guaranteed abortion provision in all states as a big step backwards. Johnson said, I have always believed in a woman's right to choose and I stick to that view. That's why the UK has the laws that it does. His next statement was even worse. He said the government here has recently took steps to ensure abortion provision was enforced throughout the UK, including in Northern Ireland, which historically has had restrictive laws. It's interesting that he brought that up since that was brought into Northern Ireland against the wishes of the population. Even the Duke and Duchess of Netflix joined in. Breitbart reported that Meghan Markle, wife of Prince Harry, is rallying left-wing pro-abortion activists to join her in condemning the US Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, describing her runaway royal husband as a feminist She said the reaction to the ruling in her own house was guttural, with the feminist Prince Harry equally despairing. She then added it is essential for changes to be pushed through. Well, there you are. The liberal WEF World Economic Forum puppets of the Western world, all speaking with one voice on the murder of defenceless unborn children. Here's what the Bible says, in Deuteronomy 27 and 25, Cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood. In Isaiah 5 and 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Deuteronomy 30 and 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse, therefore choose life, that you and your offspring may live. As Christians, we don't depend on the judgments of men in any court. We trust in Christ. But today we rejoice greatly in God's goodness at this small but highly significant victory in America's legal system. Well, links to all these stories are available so that you can read and research them for yourself. Follow the web link in the episode notes to www.semper-reformata.com to learn more. Psalm 139, verse 13-16 For you form my inward parts. So our Heavenly Father, we remember before you today those women who are so engaged in the sexual agendas of the modern world and are so sold over to sin and the devil that they want to have relationships without regard to the consequences, who are murdering their unborn children, who are sacrificing them to the false god of carnal pleasure and convenience. And we pray that you would bring them to repentance and thus to saving faith in Christ. Strike the conscience too, we pray, of those doctors and nurses who kill babies. Bring them to a state of fear of their eternal punishment and let them neither rest nor sleep until they repent of their wickedness. Protect the unborn, we pray, and motivate Christians to rise up and to fight for their survival. Father, we thank you for this legal victory in the US Court and we ask that it will be reflected in judicial decisions around the world and even here in our own countries. Well, that's all for now. Our final Catechism class of the season is tomorrow, Tuesday at 1 o'clock and there should be a sermon podcast on Saturday. Catechism lessons will resume in September and there'll be some bonus episodes over the summer, including some church history. So join us for worship if you're free every Lord's Day morning at Ballymacashan Church, 78 Saintfield Road, Colinchay, County Down at 11.30am. Now don't be discouraged. Let's look at this decision in the US court as being an encouragement for believers. Let's keep on redeeming the time and keep on praying and let's keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world.